Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, I wanted to consider this topic of how God made us. How God made us, you and I. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. As I referenced Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 31, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our own image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over crawling thing that crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth. And every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. And to every animal of earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given you every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. This is Genesis chapter 1. Verses 26 through 31. And our topic again is how God made us. How God made us. And God made us different than the other creations. We are made in the image of God as far as our finitude. Let me explain. God is perfect. God is limitless. God is eternal. God is infinite. God transcends time. So we are an, a, 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 a reflection of God as far as our mode of being, meaning what God has perfectly, we have it imperfectly. What God has eternally, we have it in the restrictive sense, what God has infinitely, we have it finitely. 
So God loves perfectly, whereas our love is imperfect. God uh, is able to um, create perfectly, but we're able to create imperfectly. So when we look at how we're created, we are a body and soul unit. And for my purposes, I'm using uh, soul and the spirit interchangeably. And I realize there are some Christians who see that distinct, but that's not the purpose of this particular uh, episode. So the body and soul unit, we are made up of that. That, that. that is the framework of our humanity. It is the soul that animates the body. That's how God created us. It's the soul that helps us to digest food. It's the soul that quickens the body, makes us alive. It is the soul. So both the body and soul work together. And when one passes away, what happens is you have a separation of the soul and the body. And the soul subsists. The soul exists beyond the body. But one day, one day when Jesus comes back, we will receive a new body, a glorified body, and our souls will be reunified with the body that God gave us, but not in the, in the same form. It'll be a glorified body. It'll be a perfect body. It'll be a, a body that can exist in heaven, a body that can exist in the new heaven and earth. It is that type of body that we all strive for. Jesus was the prototype, if I may use that vernacular. Jesus uh, rose up in a glorified body, a perfect body. So being human is very, uh, how can I say this? It's a privilege to be created by God. And it's a privilege that I wasn't born an animal or or born uh, a plant. It is a privilege to be made in God's image where we have um, his nature on a human level. We can't, we're not divine. So we can't do what God do, but he's put in us some things we can't do that we can do based on his nature, based on uh, who he is. He's imparted that to us on a human level. So that's really what I want to highlight for this episode is uh, how God made us. And knowing how God made us will help us to appreciate what instructions he has for us. We're not just out here existing, as a lot, a lot of people in the world are doing. Uh, the believer should never see themselves as just existent. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. We have abundance through God, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So we're, we just don't exist uh, as Christians, we're not just walking this life aimlessly. We walk with purpose. We walk with civility. We walk with boldness. We walk with power because that's what God has given us. And he wants us to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we're able to experience the pleasantries. We're able to experience the distinctions that come with being a Christian. Um, membership has its privileges. So as Christians, 
we are able to experience peace that surpasses all understanding. This is how we're made. Uh, as Christians, we're able to experience the joy that's overflowing as Christians. As Christians, we're able to have discernment where the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart and we're able to avoid certain pitfalls in life. All of these come with being a Christian. But the first base is humanness. We're humans. We're not animals. We're not plants. We are humans. And as humans, we have the cognitive ability to understand our creator and to accept his overture and his gift of Jesus to Christ. So this is why it's so important to know Jesus, because outside of Jesus, you're just living this life in your own power. You're just leaning unto your own understanding. You're just trying to live this life based on your own prowess and your own uh, theology and your own um, uh, worldviews. And those things will not last if it's not in congruence with the scriptures. So for those of us who know Jesus, we are made in a certain way. This is called ontology, the beingness, right? Uh, 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 the stuff that we're made out of, uh, the, the distinct way that we're made, ontology, the nature of things, um, which is different than the other beings that we're looking at in terms of our humanness. So you have the uh, vegetative soul, right? We talked about that before, the plants and things of that in nature. Uh, then you have the animalistic soul. These are the souls that animals have, and they operate according to their mode of being. So for us, we have the human soul, which, again, is operated based on our mode of being. I often uh, used to read this analogy where they, they would talk about if you put uh, a primate on a typewriter and, and ask them to compose a story, they can type all day long, but it'll never be intelligent. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. In the same way, uh, we can use that argument to buttress our point that God has made us unique. God has made us intelligent. God has uh, given us cognitive abilities that those in the uh, animal kingdom do not have. And so because God has given us these privileges, we must operate it to the extent that he's created or the standard that he's given us to uh, live this life. So it's, it's possible to be a human being, but yet not live up to the standard of humanness that God has created for you and I. So God's desire that no man perishes. And, and that's the eternal prescription for those who don't know Jesus Christ is eternal separation from God and to wind up in hell. But we have a choice. We have a choice to uh, accept Jesus or not to accept Jesus. That is the human dilemma that we all have. Do you want to know Jesus Christ, uh, not just from preservation of hell, uh, that's in the afterlife, but in this present life, we have a choice. Do we want to experience the peace of heaven right here on earth, or do we want to have an existence where we're living apart from God's grace? And that's really 
uh, a sad thing for us to think about, that an individual would go through this life and not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And that's our task. Our task is to allow the God of the heavens who sent his son Jesus to Christ to die for our sins, to allow his grace to shine upon us, for us to yield or acquiesce our will to his will so we may live and not just live but live more abundantly. Uh, For him to shine his light through us, uh, for we are vessels for him to shine through so others may see that there's a difference. So others may see that there's a creator. So others may see what it looks like when God's hand is on our lives. And we are uh, experiencing the joy that he wants us to have. And that, and that we're basking in the peace that he wants us to have. Uh, so there is a difference for the Christian, the one that walking, that's walking with Jesus. There is a difference for the disciple. And he's asking us to uh, thirst after him. He's asking us to make Jesus Lord of our lives. And when we do that, we become the type of human that he originally intended for us to be when we do that. So there is hope. There is a choice. There is help. We just have to accept that help. The, uh, that, that help comes through Jesus for Christ. So God created the different types of souls, as I mentioned. And the soul um, animates us. The soul uh, uh, lives beyond the flesh. So when we die, the soul departs from the flesh. Hebrews 2, 5 through 8, you have made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and have appointed him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in subjecting all things to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him, but now we do not yet see all things sub- subjected to him. And this is talking about Jesus. Jesus finished his work. And we, uh, I realize that there's all of this wickedness that exists. I realize that's all this evil that's permeating through our culture. But despite all of that, God is still in control. God is still sovereign. God is still reigning. And, and we are able to still see the sun in the midst of, uh, of the clouds. We're still able to see God's righteousness come through all this evil. We're still able to, to hear testimonies of Christians who have overcome uh, difficult situations. We're still able to witness miracles uh, that were not anticipated by uh, scientists and physicians. We still are able to experience these things because God is still in control. Remember that. God is still in control, and he made us in a way where we can appreciate it. We can appreciate it a lot more than the cattle that's, that's chewing uh, and, and, and eating off the land. Uh, we are made in a, in a way that we can appreciate who God is and desire and, and, and will ourselves to have a, a relationship with him. So in what ways are we made in the image of God? In God, we find these attributes exist perfectly because he is infinite. However, mankind is expected to reflect these attributes finitely. For example, God forgives perfectly, but we have problems with forgiveness. I'm talking about believers. We know that we're supposed to forgive, but sometimes we run into difficulties. So we can forgive 
if we will ourselves to do the right thing, but sometimes we wind up doing the wrong things. So we're not perfect. Um, but God is. God forgives. He honestly forgives. When God says, I cast your sins uh, as far east as it is from the west, he means it. And he's, and he's not going to bring it up and he's not going to replay the tape. He's not going to hound you and, and torment you about what you did in the past. If you sincerely ask for forgiveness, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your wrong. That's how we made. We are made in a way and, and we're saved in a way also where we can have this relationship with God through Jesus Christ and he's able to pardon our sins. No man Let me repeat, no man can forgive you of your sins. It doesn't matter how many times you go to confessions. No man has the power or authority to forgive you of your sins. There's one mediator, and that's Jesus the Christ. He is the one that stands in between God the Father and us. So if you want to confess your sins, confess it to Jesus Christ. If you want to talk to God, talk to God. If you are listening to this podcast or radio show, and you have not surrendered to Jesus Christ, that's the first step. God will not hear from you if you don't first develop a relationship with him. And that relationship is, Father, I have sinned. Father, I need salvation. Father, I agree that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. On the third day, he rose up, and I accept him from this day forward as my Lord and Savior. That is the confession of faith. And once you develop a relationship, once you confess the faith and you develop a relationship and you are endowed with God's spirit, then you have a relationship. Then you're able to ask your father what it is that's on your heart. But if you're not saved, if you're not a Christian, the first order of business is to establish a relationship by accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Once that's established, then you can talk to your father from heaven who will hear from you. And based on his will, he will answer it appropriately. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth, as we said in Genesis 1 and 1. God is truth. And that truth can rub off on us if we study his word, if we read the word of God. That truth is there. Um, we are reminded in 1 Corinthians 6 and 3, know ye not that we shall judge angels how much more things that pertain to this life. We're made differently. We're made differently. God truly loves us, and God has placed us in a position where we can appreciate him cognitively, spiritually, emotionally. God uh, has created us in a way where we can reflect his divine nature on a finite level. As I said before, God creates. Well, we create too, but in a human way. God forgives. Well, we can forgive too, but in a human way. God loves. Well, we can love too, but in a human way. Uh, God leads. Well, we can lead too, but in a human way. So in that sense, we are made in God's image. Let me be clear. Being made in God's image, according to Genesis 1.26, It's not about ontology. We don't have the same beingness as God. God has a different being. He is a divine being. That alone belongs to God. Then you have the angelic beings. Those are angels. We're not angels. 
but then you have human beings. That's what we are. So because God is a divine being, there's no way that you can do what God does. But what he allows us to do in our mode of being, meaning in our humanness, that's what we are expected to do. So because God loves, we should love in, in, uh, based on human standards. Because God forgives, we should forgive based on human standard, based on our mode of being. Because God creates, we are able to create. Look at all the majestic things that uh, human beings have been able to create. Look at Mount Rushmore as an example. That is a great um, architectural feat. Look at how we're able to create space shuttles and visit the, the universe that God has created. That is astonishing. So uh, human beings have done great things, building bridges in the middle of oceans. Uh, human beings have done great things, but what we've done pale in comparison to the ultimate creator, God. Whatever we've done, we've had to use the things God has created in order for us to recreate or us to create. So we can't ever do anything where we get beside ourselves thinking that God wasn't involved. If we create medicine, we're still using the natural materials that God has given us in order to create that medicine based on the uh, periodic table. There will be no periodic table without God giving us the elements. So everything we can do as humans, we owe it to God in a human way. So in that sense, we're made in the image of God. God has these attributes, and many of them um, we don't have, but a lot of them we do have, and he expects us to utilize it based on our human abilities. God uh, doesn't sleep. That's what Scripture tells us. He doesn't sleep, but we do. So in that way, again, those are the attributes that we don't have. God knows everything. He's omniscient. But we don't know everything. We know some things, and there's a lot that we don't know. So that's the distinction. God is perfect. God is uh, 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 infinite. God transcends beside, beyond time. He, he's, he's, he's here uh, uh, today, he's, he's already there and tomorrow because uh, time doesn't uh, constrain God. Then God is a spirit. And the thing about God being a spirit, he's not limited by physicality. See, you and I are body-soul component. And we are restricted at times by our bodies. In order for me to get to the grocery store, I either have to walk take a bus or drive, but God is not restricted. He's a spirit. He's everywhere at one time, but because we're restricted by our bodies, we, it will take time for us to get to where we need to get to because that's how we're made. Uh, we don't fly. Uh, we don't have enough oxygen in our lungs to go to the deepest or the most part of the ocean. We have restrictions, but God made us Beautifully, God made us in our human form the way that he desired for us to be. And God has given us a standard to live by. And there are attributes that he wants us to embrace. Uh, God wants us to be loving. God wants us 
uh, to suffer long. God wants us to be patient. Uh, God wants us uh, to uh, uh, practice righteous things. And so this is how we're made. He's made us a certain way. He's made us beautiful humans with the flaw of sin. But God had a plan for sin, and that was Jesus Christ. With Jesus, we are no longer enslaved to sin. With Jesus, we are overcomers. With Jesus, we're able to allow the spirit side of our nature to dominate. With Jesus, we see that we can stretch beyond what we thought we could stretch to. With Jesus, we can, um, we can overcome a lot of things with Jesus. So that's just a reminder of how we're made. And I pray that this episode has been edifying to you. And as always, we are praying for you and your ministry. And we ask in return that you support this ministry uh, so we can do the work of God that he's given us. Consider donating monthly. Go on our website, srministries.org. And remember to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.